This is a podcast of a sermon preached at Manitou Presbyterian Church on June 5th, 2022. The scripture readings are Psalm 104, verses 24 through 34, and then verse 35b, as well as John 14, verses 8 through 17, and 25 through 27. These are read by J. Staffstrom. The homily, thinking through what is spiritual, focuses on the statement of Jesus on the eve of his crucifixion, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. The homily is followed by communion. We hope that this will be a blessing in your life. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful for the gift of your Spirit that we are not left alone or bereft, that even in this moment of um, the reading of Scripture and preaching, we are not left to the human beings who are doing this, but that you indwell this act of speaking, of listening, that you prick our conscience, but that you also do all of the things you promised through the Holy Spirit of teach, remind, and connect. Teach, remind, and connect. So Lord, we're thankful for that. We ask that you work that miracle this morning. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The Old Testament reading for today is from Psalms 104, 24 through 34 and 35b. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan that you formed to sport in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to the dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. The New Testament reading for today is from John 14, 8 through 17, and 25 through 27. John said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? 
The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father dwells in me, his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and, in fact, will do works greater than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask for me, ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be with you. I, said, I have said these things to you while, while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Would you do something with me? Would you turn to the front of your bulletin and let us read together the special words that we have about the Holy Spirit today. They begin with, we trust. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. The Spirit justifies us by grace through faith sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor, and binds us together with all believers in one body of Christ, the church. In, in Christian circles, um, discussion or expectations about the Spirit can be um, everything from divisive to sort of weird and crazy. And I think one reason for that is that there's a tendency uh, to think of the power of the Spirit being somehow like a superhero power. And when Luke writes... Acts. He writes in a genre of the Greek hero. So it's not surprising that as he talks about the work of the Holy Spirit, it sort of comes off almost in a way where the Holy Spirit itself is a type of superhero power. And there are our denominations and traditions that, that try to recreate this. They miss the literary genre, and it creates division rather than what Jesus says the Holy Spirit will do, which is to create connection. So 
I think the key for us is to realize that God intends for us, last week we said that it's very clear that Jesus intends for us the full healing of trauma, redemption. God intends for us deep connection. I think God is less interested in power. And that might be a good way for us to begin to, you know, to think through this. And because God intends for us deep connection, that then becomes the pathway for peace. It's a type of peace that Jesus says the world does not give. The world understands peace almost always as connected with power. But Jesus gives a type of peace that is fueled through the Holy Spirit. Another way of thinking about this is that this type of peace would be impossible without the work of the Holy Spirit. It's something that originates outside of us and we cooperate with. This is all very foreign to our modern way of thinking, um, but I, I believe this is what Jesus is saying. Listen again to the very end of the passage that Jay read. Jesus, I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the advocate, the, the paraclete, the one who walks and calls alongside you to do all the things that we have been talking about, um, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. So will connect you with me, says Jesus, even when I am physically gone. Have you guys ever had that experience, I hope you have, where you feel deeply connected with someone who has died? Sort of an amazing thing. I've talked about this before, how oftentimes when I'm on a really long endurance bike ride, I, I feel like I can almost have conversations with my grandfather. Uh, Friday night, I went to this phenomenal Mildred Bailey celebration that a number of people in our congregation were involved at. Pam had COVID, so I had no dance partner, and I wasn't about to be pulled onto the dance floor, you know, this thing right here. Um, so I just sat and I watched. I, I listened to Jim Price do what Jim does so well. I listened to Pamela Brownlee, wherever Pamela is, sing as she does so well, and Olivia was phenomenal. And yet, this was the music that my grandfather would always not only start tapping to, but he would grin from ear to ear. He worked in a factory all of his life, often seven days a week, a hard life. Kind, kind. He would absolutely just thrill to this music. It was the music that my stepfather, um, who has died, 
uh, used to play when he was at University of Chicago going through his college education in order to be able to pay for that. Swing, right? The jitterbug. Um, that, of course, connects me not only with people in my family, but that music arose from where? It arose out of the black experience in our country and oppression. And yet it was music, it is music, that just lifts up and just absolutely sings. The very last piece he did, Pamela, hold on, comes out. It's a Negro spiritual originally, right? And it starts with this idea of the plow, but sometime hope. It's amazing to me how music and art can do that type of connecting if we're open to it, if we're open to all of the seams of what happens through the artistic creation, if we don't try to overpower it, if we don't try to control it, if we don't try to claim it and make it do what we want it to do. I was absolutely surprised at the connections I felt that evening, unanticipated. I think that's how the Holy Spirit works. So Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I do not give as the world gives. So do not let your hearts, minds, be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. And we're thinking... In John 14, when Jesus says this, if there's ever a time to be afraid, it's now. If there's ever a time to be afraid, it's now. It's like Jesus, it's like hearing Jesus, right? When the captain comes on the intercom in the plane and says, prepare for impact, Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And we just think, huh? This is something completely different. It's different from our small view of the world. The Holy Spirit dips us into God's larger view. And the Old Testament lesson this morning opens us up to this idea that creation itself happened through the Spirit. Next week, I'm going to talk about personhood and how important that is in terms of both the Trinity and us. Just remember that, if you will. It has something to do with this. Um, but remember that in terms of peace, Jesus himself said that, um, how should I say this? We're terrible at peace. That's what Jesus said. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. But he also said, you guys suck, right? He came near and he saw the city and he wept over this. It's right after Jesus rides into Jerusalem and everyone's cheering Jesus on. They're not only cheering Jesus on, they're taking the clothing off their backs, they're putting it down on the road so his donkey can ride over it. How excited would you have to be to do that? They are so excited. And the biggest impression that Jesus has, according to Luke, is you guys suck at peace. 
That's what Jesus takes from that. I'm including me in that too. You know that, right? And he weeps. He starts crying. There's only two times in the Gospels when Jesus weeps, and this is one of them. And he says, even you, if you had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but they remain hidden from your eyes. In Luke's gospel, after Jesus is um, uh, resurrected, the disciples still do not see Jesus. They're walking with the resurrected Jesus on the road to Emmaus. They still do not see him. They are talking to him. And at one point, their eyes are opened. Their eyes are opened around the breaking of bread. And they remember everything that Jesus taught them. Is that not the work of the Holy Spirit that John's talking about? The exact same thing. When we hear from Jesus that we stink at peace, I think there's a part of us, probably has something to do with Maslow's hierarchy or something, that wants the Holy Spirit to give us that power, that tool, that inside track to be good at peace, right? I mean, we just think about this all the time, right? How can I be a faster cyclist? Well, I could work really hard and lose weight, or I could buy a new bike. A new tool. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit works in terms of connection. Let's go over that statement just really quickly that we read together that comes from our confessions. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. As Presbyterians, we believe in science. We believe in test tubes. We even uh, pay attention to scientific theories, recognizing that they are often adapted, changed, right, and updated. We pay attention to all this, but we believe that we are living a miracle that we cannot really explain, that somehow out of energy and matter, there is this, and there is this, not in terms of our own individual lives, but there is this, and this is why we are in church together, that we are called together, and the best expression for what we are together is actually the body of Christ. There's no scientific explanation for that. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we believe that everywhere, somehow, that the giver and, most importantly, the renewer of life is God through the Holy Spirit. That the Spirit justifies us. I, I still think this language of justification, justify, is so very difficult for us. Because, I don't know about you, it sort of sounds like getting out of a speeding ticket to me. Right? And that's not really what's happening here. Do you remember in the, earlier in the service where I said God's intent 
even though this may not be your religious experience, is not to have us wallow in guilt or cower in shame. Because then we're useless. You know what that's like with someone in your family who cowers in guilt or wallows in shame? They're good for nothing, right? And the focus is all on them. Why on earth would God want that for us? And at the same time, then sometimes people go to the other extreme and say, well, then none of that stuff matters to God. Are you kidding? It all matters to God. So there's got to be a solution where we do not cower in shame, wallow in guilt, and at the same time where we are responsible. God's understanding of that is through a type of forgiveness that justifies us. Now, here's the thing. We can put that up on a whiteboard and explain it like calculus, and it won't make any difference to you or to me. What is the difference maker? It's when we allow the work of the Holy Spirit at that very moment, when we are deep in guilt, when we are immersed in shame, when we believe that we have nothing to give and that we are good for, for hardly anything, that God has forgiven us and justified us and is calling us back into his marvelous work. The Holy Spirit does that. Three, the Holy Spirit sets us free. We love freedom in this country. We are free. We're free to do all sorts of things. The Holy Spirit sets us free to accept ourselves as God created us. Not as we're marketed to, not as we think we would be more of a super power person if we were that way. To accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor. To accept ourselves and do what? This and this. The Holy Spirit sets us free to do that. Have you found this hard to do, honestly? Let's be honest. Have you found this, the triangle, a lot easier to fall into? Let's be honest. You know why that is? To do this, we need what? The Holy Spirit. And not the Holy Spirit that somehow comes in and animates us as if we're not doing We need to pay attention to the wooings of the Holy Spirit that fight through guilt and failure and sin and shame and bring us back to risk connection again, to risk love again. This is a cooperative act through the Holy Spirit with God and Jesus Christ. And then finally, the Holy Spirit binds us together with all believers as the body of Christ, as the church. What does not bind us together? Program. Style, music, theology, skin color, status. What binds us together is the work of the Holy Spirit. What's going to heal the redlining that was done way back in the 20s and 30s? I mean, that was... I mean, who should pay attention? Well, go drive around these neighborhoods. See if it's not still affecting us today. What's going to heal us? 
I'm not waiting for the politician. The work of Christ through the Holy Spirit. At least, that's what Jesus says. And I think this happens in some ways through what I was trying to explain with the children in terms of uh, the circle of security. Uh, Every child comes into the world seeking secure relationships with their parents. That's just how we're created. It doesn't always happen. But when it does happen, a secure attachment between child and caregiver can be critical to a child's current and then future well-being. And the research shows that secure children have increased empathy, greater self-esteem, better relationships with parents and peers, enter school more ready to learn, that means their brains are firing, uh, are able to handle their emotions better. I think that's, I wouldn't phrase it that way. Are conscious of their emotions and can take responsibility than their peers. And as they grow older into us, they are less likely to live in poverty, have legal problems, or experience chronic emotional difficulties. Oh my gosh. This sounds like a big deal, doesn't it? Sounds like something that could affect like our entire society. It could affect our entire world. Now, if it's that big of a deal, then would it make sense since we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ fueled by the Holy Spirit as persons, as in the Bible, called children of God, would it not make sense that there's a type of circle of security for us as well? Here's the great thing in circle of security. Children are supposed to run away from their parents. Children are supposed to mess up. but they're supposed to be able to come back. And the parent is supposed to welcome them back. And, to use our language, not do stuff to or for them, but to be with them as they re-regulate, as they find who they are, as they find themselves beloved and cherished, and then they go out again. Isn't that what Jesus is saying in John 14? I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm sending you out into this crazy world as my disciples. By the way, this world that sucks at peace. And you disciples are terrible at it. But I'm giving you a way through the Holy Spirit of a type of circle of security. So that no matter what happens internally or externally, you can come back and ground yourself in me. I think that's why the disciples, after the giving of the Holy Spirit, actually look like disciples, maybe for the very first time. And they do amazing things. They risk their lives. They go to places that, who would have thought that ministry would have taken off there? They're extremely creative. 
They evidence the fruits of the Spirit. Is that because the Holy Spirit is some type of mumbo-jumbo that falls on them and not so available to Presbyterians? Or is it because they understood this in our language like the circle of security? That when we feel all alone and worthless, we do know where to come back. We do know that God's arms are completely open, that we are welcomed and grounded and refueled so that we might be sent out again. Secure attachment. Um, Sometimes we forget things like this all the time. And when we're walking around our house, we'll see something. A set of keys. A picture. For my grandfather and me, it's the antique clocks that are in our house. When I see those, immediately, those antique clocks, I remember I'm not alone. Jesus, on this night of John 14, took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Remember. Remember. In the same manner, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant sealed in the shedding of my blood for what? The remission of sin. What reconnects all of us. And Jesus said, remember. Jesus said that I'm going to send, or actually my Father is going to send the Advocate, and he will teach you all things and cause you to remember. He said, lo, I am with you to the end of the age. Friends, we're going to go home, and we're going to look at the news or the paper, and you know what we're going to think? We suck at peace. It's not new. If it's surprising to us, maybe we were pretty proud, prideful about it. And then we remember the body and blood, the Holy Spirit. We have every reason for hope, every reason for action, every reason for connection, every reason for healing. Friends, this is the joyful feast of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast of a sermon delivered at Manitou Presbyterian Church. For more information about how you might connect either online or in person with Manitou Presbyterian Church, please visit www.manitou.org. All blessings in the name of Jesus Christ to you today.